Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us now, that we would see the power and know the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. When I was in P7, our school trip went to York. And I think it must have been the first time that I was ever on a ferry. I had taken my travel sickness tablets that morning. And as we got out onto the Irish Sea, the boat began to rock. And I thought, oh no. So I remember mentioning it to some of the teachers that it was quite rough, only for them to laugh and say that actually it was the calmest crossing they'd ever seen on a school trip. And then they started telling all the horror stories of school trip sea crossings when it really was stormy and they were holding on and sick bags weren't enough and you can imagine the rest. In our Bible reading today, it would be good to have it open in front of you, page 1006. But in our reading today, the disciples find themselves in a boat a lot smaller than the Stranraer Ferry and on a sea a lot rougher than the gentle Irish Sea that morning in 1992. And the boat trip leaves them asking some questions. But we'll come to them in a moment or two. As we launch into the passage, we find that this episode comes that day when evening came, verse 35. In the rest of chapter 4, we've listened in as Jesus taught the crowds about God's kingdom. Perhaps you remember uh, the parables that he told of the sower, uh, sowing the seed of God's word and the different types of soil or the different reactions to it. Or the parable of the seed which effectively grows no matter what else the farmer does or doesn't do. Or the parable of the mustard seed which starts off small but ends up with exponential growth. And Mark reminded us that Jesus spoke the word to the crowd with many similar parables. After the full day of teaching... Now that evening has come, Jesus says to his disciples there in verse 35, let us go over to the other side. Back in verse 1, in chapter 4, we saw that Jesus had used the boat as his pulpit, as a place to address the crowds. But now he uses the boat as a boat to travel across the sea of Galilee, and so they go straight away. They don't hang about, they don't uh, wait around. Uh, it says, verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. These are eyewitness details. This is the record of someone who was in the boat that day telling their story of what happened. And as the journey continues, you can hear the details of what was happening and how frightening it was, verse 37. A furious squall came up 
and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now one of our national hobbies in Northern Ireland is talking about the weather. But even so, you might not use that word squall very much. Has anyone used that word squall in the past month? No, no one has. So I had to look it up just to get a sense of what it really meant. So a squall is a sudden, violent gust of wind or localized storm. And Mark tells us here that it was a furious Squall. So imagine what a furious squall would be like. An even more furious, sudden, violent gust of wind or storm. A big wind, noisy and fierce. And with it, the waves breaking over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. I wonder, can you picture yourself there as one of the disciples? The wind blowing, the waves splashing, soaking you through, endangering the boat as it starts to fill up, desperately trying to get the water out again and take control of the boat, trying to weather the storm but not getting anywhere. And remember that it was evening. It may well be dark as well. Every hand to the deck. Frantic stuff, life or death actions. And then someone looks to the back of the boat and they catch a glimpse of Jesus. Jesus isn't pulling his weight, he's not helping to keep the boat above the water. No, Jesus is, verse 38, sleeping. On a cushion. Whenever I started to drive, I would take my mum and my dad and my granny out for a little drive on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, some were different every week, every week. Somewhere we hadn't been for a while. And every week, within a few miles of driving away from Dromore, at least one of them would fall asleep. Sometimes all of them would fall asleep. And I would be thinking, why am I bothering to drive you around when you could sleep at home? Now that would be mildly annoying, wouldn't it? But imagine the annoyance of the disciples here. In fact, you don't even have to imagine it. Look at the rest of verse 38. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? They can't believe that Jesus, their teacher, has been sleeping in the storm. They're all in danger. They're afraid, even the experienced fishermen among them. And yet Jesus has been sleeping in the storm. Don't you care if we drown? In other words, get up and do something. Get up and help. Maybe they expected him to help by throwing some of the water back out of the boat. Maybe he could help by rowing as they tried to get to safety. 
Whatever they expected from Jesus, it wasn't what he actually did when he got up. So let's look at it. Verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Jesus, who was sleeping in the storm, is now stilling the storm. The the furious squall of wind blowing a gale dies down immediately. It's a bit like, you know, whenever the teacher leaves the classroom, it's it's different now with classroom assistants, but in, in my day there was only ever one teacher. And whenever the teacher, you know, left the classroom to go on a message, suddenly the, the, the noise levels would, would start to rise. Everyone would, you know, take that moment to forget about what they were doing and, you know, catch up on how Liverpool did last night or something like that. And the noise levels rise and rise and suddenly it's not just whispering, it's not just talking, it's laughing. And it's like a party atmosphere. And then the teacher arrives back. One word, quiet, and there's a deadly silence. I'm looking at the teachers to see if that's true these days. But one word and the class is silent. The sound of silence would be deafening. And as for the waves, one moment they're breaking over the boat, the next they are completely calm. You know, growing up, uh, we always had mating uh, for our bubble bath. Anyone else have, have matey? Yes, Michelle has it too. That's good. And matey was brilliant because it created lots and lots of bubbles. But we worked out that you could make even more bubbles. If you, you, know, if you started moving your legs or you know, started paddling the water back and forth, uh, you get more waves and more waves until that dreaded moment when the water washed over the side of the bath. And we almost got in trouble one night because the water nearly went down through. <laughs> there was that much of it. But once the water started splashing over the edge of the, of the bath, it wasn't in my power to say, stop, don't, don't go there. Don't do that. But that's exactly what Jesus does. He says, quiet. Be still, and suddenly everything is calm. No more wind. No more waves. It is quiet. Quiet, except for the voice of Jesus. Look at verse 40. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus had rebuked the wind and the waves. But now Jesus is rebuking his disciples. He's questioning their fear. He's challenging their lack of faith. He's asking them some searching questions. 
why are you so afraid? Now, if you're a disciple, the obvious answer is that we're afraid because of the big bad storm that had hit our boat, threatening our very lives. Yet Jesus is asking why they were afraid, even in the midst of the storm. He's saying that there was no reason for them to be afraid. They didn't need to fear. No matter how big or how bad the storm was, not when Jesus was with them. And then he asks, do you still have no faith? What is he asking there? Jesus seems to think that they should have faith, that they should be trusting him, believing in him. He seems to think that by now they should know who he is, should be trusting him. You see, it's not even that Jesus asks, do you have no faith? He says, do you still have no faith? Earlier they maybe didn't trust him. But do they still not trust him after all that they've seen him do? As you'll see time and time again when you read the Gospels, the disciples are a bit slow to pick up on things. They don't really get what's happening. They misunderstand. And you know what? That's encouraging. Because sometimes we can be a bit slow on the uptake, or at least I can. And yet Jesus perseveres with the disciples. He gives them opportunity after opportunity. He keeps teaching them and showing them. And he does that for us as well. If this is discipleship for slow learners, then we're all in the same boat. Pardon the pun. But we are, we're all in the same boat. Jesus, who was sleeping in the storm, is the one who stills the storm. But rather than answering the disciples' question, it leads them to a bigger question, a more troubling question, a more fundamental question. Look at verse 41 and see what they say there. It says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It's obvious that the disciples were afraid in the midst of the storm. Because Jesus asks them, why are you so afraid? But do you see when we're told that they were terrified? Do you see where it comes in the story? It's not when the wind is blowing a gale. It's not when the waves are crashing over the boat. They were terrified in verse 41. When the wind had died down, when the waves were calm, when the danger was already past, They were scared before, but now, now in the calm, they are terrified. And the 
the original wording it says, and they feared fear a great. They feared fear a great. Now, why do they fear a great fear? Not because of the storm, but because of the stiller of the storm. Do you see what they ask? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I said this to the kids, but you try it as well. Next time you're at the beach, try this, but make sure that you're not near any other people. Just in case they come, you know, the men in the white coats as they talk about. Tell the waves to be still. Do you think they'll stop? No. Or the next time that the wind gets up, you know the way that they name the storms now? Uh, the last one was Storm Gareth, not Storm Gary, Storm Gareth. And the next one will be Storm Hannah. So when Storm Hannah comes, tell the wind to be quiet. Think that would work? like to see it but I don't think so but Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves and they obey him they do what he says they do it immediately <coughs> so who is this Jesus do you see what the disciples thought of him back in verse 38 they said teacher don't you care if we drown, they see him as their teacher. But Jesus is more than a teacher. So who is he? Mark leaves the disciples' question just hanging there. For now, it's unanswered. Because we're on a journey with the disciples as they slowly discover who Jesus is. But remember that Mark has already told us back at the very start of his gospel. Back in chapter 1, verse 1. Turn back just four pages, 1002. In the very first verse of his gospel, he says, The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And our readings today from Job chapter 38, where God is the, the one who says to the sea, come this far and no further, who stills the proud waves. And Psalm 65, where God is the one who rebukes the waves. And in God's providence tonight, we look at Psalm 114, where the sea looks and flees at the presence of God. Can you see who he is? Jesus is more than just a man. He is God, the creator, who commands his creation. He is God over all he stills the storms 
You see, Jesus is more than just a teacher. He is God. He rules and he overrules. And he still calms storms. Perhaps you feel as if you're in the middle of one at the moment. Perhaps you're asking, Jesus, don't you care if I drown in the middle of this? But it was Jesus' idea to go across to the other side. It was Jesus' idea to be there at that moment. And he can use those moments to show you his identity and to show you his power. So will you trust him? Even when the storms come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the one who can sleep in the storm because he's the one who can still the storm. Father, we pray that you would help us to glimpse his power and to know his presence. Father, we pray that we would know that power just at the moment, perhaps in the storms that we're going through. We ask that we would know his presence, for we ask it for his glory. Amen.